With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Houdat Discussion podcast. You can follow all of my other New Orleans Saints work with the Saints News Network over on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. And today is an exciting day. Uh, to do a podcast. It's the first Saints win in what feels like a lifetime. Longest losing streak of the Sean Payton era finally comes to an end as the Saints go up to MetLife Stadium, get a victory over the New York Jets. I also have Andrew Galata joining me. It's been almost a month since the OG has joined in on his own podcast, so we'll have him to discuss some positive takeaways from the Jets game. We're going to discuss the playoff picture because somehow, some way, the New Orleans Saints are right in the swing of things to pull off a spot in the NFC playoffs. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions coming to uh, host the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night football. And the last time these two teams met, they were completely different football teams. So we'll have all that and more after the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. All right, guys. So I told you we'd have Andrew Galata back. I know the plan was to have him back pretty regularly. However, holidays happen. Like, I was holding off for when the Saints would win. Come on, that's Brandon. what it was. <laughs> win without a podcast with Andrew Galata. And it's almost almost true. Yeah. Uh, it's been that long. So, Andrew, welcome back in. Uh, always happy to have you on as the you know the OG of the creator of this thing. So, let's talk Saints and Jets just a little bit. I had my takeaways. I had my uh, my keys to victory podcast on Sunday before the matchup, and I thought this was a really good opportunity for Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Uh, Remember last year when these two were on the field together, those four games, there was a lot of concerns on how the Saints would use Alvin Kamara. Did Taysom Hill and his style of play take away from Kamara? And I really felt like the pair complemented each other in the win against the Jets. Look, Kamara had 100 yards rushing. Taysom Hill had a handful of yards rushing. I know a lot of them came on that 144-yard Touchdown scamper, which helped plenty of fantasy owners. I mean, shoot, that's a 10-point swing right there. I told all of you guys, told all of you to start both Kamara and Hill in fantasy football. If you did, like me, uh, hopefully it worked out well for you. But I felt like those two played well. I think the defense has been scrutinized a little bit in the losing streak. But overall, I think they've played okay. They had a pretty good day against the New York Jets. What were your takeaways and uh, what are some of the positives that you take seeing this team get in the win column and remain in the playoff push. I mean, I mean, Brendan, you talked about it, but it's, it's, it's Alvin Kamara. I mean, look, he's back. And I think a lot of people obviously were talking about Jameis Winston with in, in, in the losing streak and how the Saints were 0-5 without Winston at quarterback. But a lot of that coincided with Kamara not being there running back. And look, even coming into the year, Kamara was 
going to be one of the most, you know, important parts, the most important part, you could probably say, to the Saints offense. And he proved why on Sunday it was OG Kamara, which was very, very nice to see. And it's so nice to see a skill position player make his own plays, get open. It's just, it was such a breath of fresh air to see a dominant player for the Saints because it felt like we haven't seen anybody that, I mean, that dominant in such a long time here, five weeks really since Kamara was in. Because before that, it was just, it was hard to move the ball to get first downs. With Kamara, it's just easier. And that was, I think, the biggest takeaway on offense. Defense, to me, I think they're they're playing pretty solid, I think. It's hard to play defense when your offense is going three and out so many times in a row and you're on the field for three quarters of the game because that's what it really felt like against Buffalo, against the Cowboys, against Philly. I don't think they played so, so bad. Maybe the Philly game was the only one. But those last two games against Dallas and Buffalo, they didn't play bad. They forced turnovers. They made plays. But just because this offense was so anemic, look, you're going to score points at that point. And that's what I think we saw from the, the Saints against the Jets. I mean, the Jets offense was so, so anemic that the Saints got enough opportunities to score some points. Yeah, and this is an offense that's really struggled. I mean, listen, you could sit and you could hammer away the fact they were without Michael Thomas. You could hammer away the fact they were without Alvin Kamara for a while. You could hammer away the fact that this is the third quarterback that they've started this season. And All those tackles being out. Right. I mean, Living yeah. guys, the offensive yeah. line. Cesar Ruiz is the only offensive lineman yeah. that's played every game this season. Yeah. With all of that being said, New Orleans still finds themselves in the middle of a playoff hunt. <laughs> uh, there's four teams with New Orleans tied for the seventh and final wild card spot. That sounds a little weird to say seventh and final playoff spot. Still getting some taken used to by all means. But the Saints are right in the thick of things. And I think if you took any other team in the league and you told them this is how your season's going to pan out, these are the things, these are the adversities that you have to overcome this year, I think a lot of teams would have just packed their bags and went home. Uh, but New Orleans has battled through the adversity. They find themselves in a position. Getting healthy at the right time I think is a big part of it as well. And I have my reserves. I'm sure you have your reserves. You mentioned the anemic offense of all things, something that popped up on my Twitter feed today was uh, Drew Brees' performance against Indianapolis when he broke the passing record, or I'm sorry, the passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns yeah. a few years ago. And just watching those highlights of the 29 of 30 passes that Drew completed in that game, wow, it was like watching a whole different <laughs> offense. And it is. It is, yeah. So anytime you lose uh, not just your franchise player, but – one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Your offense is going to change. It's not going to look the same. And certainly when you play three different quarterbacks, it's not going to look the same. But with all that being said, I think one of the biggest concerns I have with the Saints going into this playoff hunt is the offense. But here's some of the positive things. Outside of Tampa Bay, they play a Dolphins team that's been extremely inconsistent. You play an Atlanta team that has been extremely inconsistent. And you play a Panthers team that is more banged up than a lot of teams in the league are. And also extremely inconsistent. <laughs> and extremely inconsistent. They, listen, they've played multiple quarterbacks this year, too. I think they've played three. They've played P.J. Yeah. Walker. They've played Cam Newton. They've played Sam Darnold, who just got designated to return from injured reserve. With all of that being said, and you look at the teams that New Orleans is in this fight with, the Washingtons, the Atlantas, the Minnesotas, do you feel – like the New Orleans Saints have a strong 
contention for this final playoff spot? And what are you looking for the Saints to do over the next four games to solidify themselves as a playoff team? I think the first team to three and one is going to get it. And, you know, you can go down the, and, and, and that's why the Saints, I think, have a strong chance at getting this playoff spot because the schedule just is pretty weak compared to the other teams within the NFC vying for that last spot. I think it's going to come down probably to that, that Falcons game in Atlanta. I mean, if the Saints can pull that one out, you're looking at the other teams. Washington, A, the Saints have the tiebreaker over them, so that win's going to pay dividends. But they're going to have to play the Eagles twice. They play the Cowboys. So you're probably expecting them to lose to the Cowboys and split with the Eagles. And that kind of brings you in at 2-2. Two and two. They also play the Giants. And then the Eagles at the flip. They play Washington twice. And then they play the Giants and Cowboys. That's four division games. It's tough to win division games. Those teams are extremely inconsistent as well. I don't see those teams going 3-1. and one. I think they'll go 2-2. Two and two. The Vikings, to me, they're the best team. They're the most talented team out of the group. But they got to play Green Bay and the Rams. That's probably two losses. So you're seeing really that team probably at 2-2 two and two as well. And then that really just leaves the Falcons there, who, again, are going to have a similar schedule to the Saints. And they're, I think it's going to come down to that last game of the season if the Saints could take care of business. I think for the Saints right now, you're probably penciling in that loss to Tampa Bay. If they would win that game, I mean, that would be crazy. It would help them out immensely because it's a division game and a conference game. Because right now with the Saints and the tiebreakers, like technically they're in 11th place, even though they're tied for the seventh spot, which is just obviously crazy to think about. But it's really because, you know, they don't have that tiebreaker uh, against Atlanta because of division records, because the first tiebreaker always goes by division records. So because um, the Saints don't have that and some other teams have better records than them, winning that Tampa game would be huge. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would pay huge dividends for this team. Also, if they beat Tampa Bay, you feel like they're more for real. But I think it's that Miami game. I, I, I think they definitely beat the Panthers. I think it's probably a toss up, you know, with that Falcons game, Tampa, you put it put in as a loss. But that Miami game, if they can take care, take care of business against Miami at home, you feel like they're at least going to have a shot in these last few weeks, which, as you said, you know, if I would have told you during that five-game losing streak and you had Trevor Simeon playing QB and just completely ravaged by injuries, if I told you that you'd be, you know, vying for a playoff spot, you'd probably be very, very happy. So that's kind of my playoff outlook for this team. I just think that, you know, as, as much as you've had the injuries, I think you have guys coming back and this defense is legit and defense can win you games. And I think they can win you games, those winnable games, especially, and to be a little more consistent than the other teams uh, in the NFC. Well, it makes it a little more frustrating if you're a Saints fan, perhaps when you look at games like the yeah. Tennessee game. Which Tennessee should have been a win. You should have I won. Mean, yeah. You look at the game against New York, the Giants, That's that you probably should have won. And I don't think there's a probably about that one. So those are at least two wins off the board, which would – you don't want to say solidify yourself as a playoff team, but it puts you in a much better seat. I, I think they would be basically in. I mean, that's five losses they would have then. So then you'd be, what, eight and five? I mean, that's putting you in a much better position. Absolutely. So you mentioned Tampa Bay. I want to spend the rest of this podcast talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've found their groove. <laughs> New Orleans has to uh, fend them off because Tampa's right there on the cups of grabbing the NFC South after New Orleans has won it for four straight years. We're going to talk so much Saints and Bucks, but first, you're going to hear a little bit of a commercial break. We'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Saints, Bucks, you have to go all the way back to earlier this season, and it was a completely different New Orleans Saints team. Remember, way back then, the New Orleans Saints, well, they had Jameis Winston starting at quarterback. And now you have Taysom Hill after a little stretch of Trevor Simeon in the middle. So let's go all the way back to when the Saints battled at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have to go a ways back all the way to Halloween. It seems like a lifetime ago. New Orleans dominated most of the first half, coming out on top at the end of the first two quarters of play, leading 16-7. to seven. They also came out on in the second half, extending that lead to – 23 to 7. Of course, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, they marched their way back. New Orleans ends up coming away with the victory. It was a PJ Williams pick six that sealed the deal. But get this the Saints' leading receiver in that game, Kevin White, one catch for 38 yards. Alvin Kamara only had 61 yards on the ground, and it was Trevor Simeon who led the Saints <laughs> with 159 passing yards. I mean, That was a completely different Saints team going into that game, maybe not getting out of that game, but going into that game, uh, the Saints were not in bad shape by any means. At that point, they were 5-2 on the season. Jameis Winston, though the passing yards numbers weren't great, he had the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in the league. And I felt, at least for his sake, he was starting to find his groove within the New Orleans Saints offense, then lost for the season with the ACL injury. Fast forward all the way to now. It's almost Christmas time. It's almost two months ago that the Saints defeated the Buccaneers at home. You said it best earlier in the podcast, Andrew. This defense is legit. They proved it back on Halloween night. But this offense, anemic, Lost some playmakers. They've earned Alvin Kamara back or gained Alvin Kamara back. It wasn't really earning about it. Uh, but you gain Alvin Kamara back. Suffered enough to get him back. There you go. Saints fans can say you suffered enough, you gained him back. The, the football gods finally were in, in New Orleans' favor. But they're without Deontay Harris. Marcus Callaway, while I think he's had an okay season, certainly hasn't lived up to the uh, outrageous expectations that people had for him at the beginning of the year. And, I've been saying that since day one. 
you have Kenny Stills, who has not been very good at all. Adam Troutman doesn't return. <laughs> what was that? That's putting it lightly that, oh, that Kenny Stills hasn't been very good. He hasn't been. Five good. catches on 22 uh, targets. Is, that's something. <laughs> I'm trying to be the more positive one here. Andrew. You can take the negative side. By all means, Kenny Stills hasn't been good. Uh, Troutman designated a return from IR. Unclear if he's going to play on Sunday. I mean, you can go down the list. This Saints offense has been pummeled by injuries. They're gaining some guys back. Defensively, they started gaining some guys back. Gardner Johnson comes back from injury. Uh, at linebacker, the Saints are probably as deep as they've been in a long time. DeMario and Quan have been healthy. Pete Warner, there's some questions to whether he's going to play Sunday. I think the biggest question is probably going to be around Cameron Jordan and Mark Ingram with the COVID protocols. Are they going to be cleared to go? But with all, all that being said, Andrew, going into this week against Tampa Bay, the Saints are um, not favorites at all by Vegas. <laughs> uh, the Bucks open up as 11.5-point favorites at home on Sunday night football. Do you see this being a game where the Saints get absolutely demolished? Or do you think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think? I think they're going to cover at least. I, I, I could actually, like crazy enough, I could see them winning this game just because the defense matches up so, so well against Tampa Bay. And we've seen it now like four to five times. And now this would be the sixth time, I guess, that these teams have played. But since Brady's been a member of the Buccaneers, and it just seems like every time this Saints defense is primed and ready to go. And you could talk about the injuries on the offense. You could talk, probably talk about the injuries on the defense too, but this defense is going to be ready to play. They know how to beat Tom Brady. They have that formula down. They're going to have to force turnovers, but they've done that. You know, the track record is there for them to play winning football against Tom Brady on the defensive side. They match up so, so well. I think the biggest, you know, kind of X factor for the Saints and Bucks is going to be Chris Godwin um, on the offense for the Bucks, defense for the Saints. Yes, the Bucks don't have Antonio Brown due to suspension, but what they're probably going to do is they're going to move Godwin in the slot regardless, and then they're going to really – um, stress the Saints and stress Chauncey Garner-Johnson, stress P.J. Williams in those one-on-one -on -one matchups. And it'll be interesting to see how the Saints combat that. Will they move a guy like Bradley Roby into the slot and try to really um, you know, move him that way? Because we know Lattimore is going to lock up Mike Evans. We've seen that long enough. You know, We know the Saints up front are probably going to get after Tom Brady a good amount, but you got to take away those easy passes with Chris Godwin. I really do, though, this matchup. I mean, I think it's going to be first to probably – 27 points I want to say maybe 24 points that's what it's going to be around this Saints offense is a huge question I mean the Bucks are also matching up very very well against the Saints offense which gives me questions but I do think it's going to be a close game the one thing I'll say is you look at what Devin White's been able to do in terms of keeping Kamara in check over the years in terms of yardage Kamara has had a great track record against the Buccaneers in terms of finding the end zone but in terms of yardage, you've definitely seen, probably over the last two years particularly, Kamara's struggle in that category. They have that formula to, to, to stop and combat Kamara. It's probably going to have to be someone else to step up. I don't know who it's going to be. Traquan Smith's made a few big plays in the Bucks over the years. Maybe he's a guy that can finally step up. I just think it's going to be very, very hard on offense. Maybe it's Taysom Hill running the ball. You know, and that's something he's been better at, I think, that, you know, can this team manufacture enough points? Because I think the defense is going to keep them in the game. It's just a matter of can the offense score enough 
Probably not, but you never know. And one thing that I want to point out is though Tampa Bay against quarterbacks and in terms of giving up passing yards, they've been a little susceptible to that. They're in the 20s when you look at the rankings uh, in terms of passing yards to the opposing quarterback. How much of a concern is it that Taysom Hill's got that splint on his finger? You know, yeah, there's been a lot of scrutiny towards Taysom Hill over the years as an accurate passer. But you look back to his four starts last season, over 70% completion rate. Is he going to have some of those easy throws underneath? I'm not sure. This is a super athletic Bucks defense. We just talked about how well they line up with Alvin Kamara and how they have that formula. A lot of that's because, unlike a lot of teams in the league, they have linebackers uh, that can cover running backs, Most tight ends. They're very, very deep. They're very talented. Question marks in terms of the secondary, but is Taysom Hill going to be able to test them? I think this is a, a huge test for Taysom Hill because – and Bob Rose and I talked about this in the pregame show that you guys can tune into live on Facebook every week. Uh, the biggest thing for Taysom right now is he has a unique opportunity that this is his second audition uh, to be the Saints starter moving forward. And you look at the incentives and how the contract works and how it's the first unique hybrid contract we've ever seen in NFL history. He has to come up in games like this and prove he is a capable passer that's going to test defenses. And yes, he can get the pass because of the splint on his finger. Yes, you can give him a pass uh, in multiple different categories in multiple different ways. But Hill has to prove he can beat you just as much with his arm as he can his legs. I think the Bucks are a perfect team and a great opportunity to prove, hey, I can be a starter moving forward. I mean, it's he's going to, I think, have to play the best game of his career. I mean, I'm not, you know, in, in terms of passing the ball, which isn't the highest marks ever. You could talk about those those Atlanta games. But in those Atlanta games, he did have Michael Thomas, whether Thomas wasn't 100% sure, but he did have Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith was there. Other guys, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe, was there too, right? Yeah. So I think that, look, right now when the receiving core you put up is just nowhere near the same the tight end group is nowhere near the same. Hill's going to have to obviously make some big passes. I think the biggest loss, though, out of the Saints receiving group, I think at least the immediate loss is not talking really Sands, Michael Thomas, but Deontay Harris in this game would have been so, so big. His ability to get open, his speed. We saw it in the playoff game before he got hurt, his ability in the return game as well. Not having him really, really hurts, and I think in a game like this. So, look, Taysom Hill's going to have to probably have the game of his career passing the ball or he's going to have to manufacture running the ball, which we've seen him have some success with, which, you know, obviously we've seen multiple times throughout his career. I think, you know, look, the Saints are going to need Kamara. They should lean on Kamara in any way they could. You know, he's the guy. He's your X factor. But obviously the Bucks know that as well. So I do think someone's going to have to step up. Someone's going to have to get open. Now, who's that guy going to be? I think it could be Traquan. It could be Marquez Callaway. If the Saints are going to win this game, I think they're going to need a probably – uh, in both predictions, I think they're going to need probably 80 to 100 yards from Traquan Smith or Marcus Callaway if they want to win. Well, that leads perfectly and segues perfectly into our <laughs> final part of today's podcast is who are you looking at as an X factor for New Orleans on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball? And who's one player you have to watch uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game? 
Yeah, so defense kind of alluded to it, um, not 100%, but I do think it's whoever plays in that slot, probably be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's going to have to step up against Chris Godwin. I think that, look, we've seen him obviously be so, so solid in that slot and do a really good job. I think you're going to have to see him step up in this game, or maybe it's a guy like Bradley Roby who moves into the slot with Godwin, but whoever is guarding Godwin, he's always been the thorn in the Saints side. I think that's going to be the biggest X factor on the defensive side. Offensive side, we talked about it. I do think it's one of these receivers. I think one of them, if they can step up and they can make some plays, they can get open. That's going to help this Saints offense out a ton. And one guy on the Bucks. I mean, we, we could talk about him. I think that, look, on the offensive side, we already talked about Godwin, so I don't want to talk about him again. But I, I do feel like on this defensive side, it's got to be Levante David and Devin White. I mean, these guys, the way they able, they're able to match up what the Saints do well, we've seen it throughout really – uh, this entire matchup, I mean, especially in that playoff game, you saw how the Bucks were able to condense the Saints and they were able to force turnovers. And, you know, you're going to see it again just because the Saints just don't have the weapons right now. So those two guys, if if you could somehow duke them and deke them out a little bit, the Saints did it last year a lot in those regular season games. They did it in the first game of this, of this series. So I think those are going to be the main things here uh, for the Saints if they're going to get the win. I will say – for the Saints offensively, my X factor is going to be uh, the tight end spot. Whether okay. it is Troutman, whether it's Jawan Johnson, whether it's Nick Vanette, who's came up big in some spots. Can you take some of the pressure off Camara and attract one of those linebackers to have to cover you uh, throughout the duration of the ball game? I think that's super important. Uh, when you look defensively, you said Gardner Johnson. I'm going to say Marcus Davenport. That's uh, been the Saints' best defensive player of the year, you could argue, when he's been healthy. Uh, this is a golden opportunity. If you can go and, and get to Tom Brady a little bit, you can see in the background photo above us, uh, he's right in the mix of things. You need him there again if the Saints are going to come a- away with the victory. And Tampa Bay-wise, I don't know if Gardner Johnson is going to be solely responsible for Rob Gronkowski. But that's going to be the X factor for the Bucks. You have to watch out for because Gronk is so good in the red zone. Listen, Malcolm Jenkins has done a good job against him in in past games, so maybe he's the guy. That's a good one too. But Gronk is a guy you have to watch out for, particularly in the red zone. I mean, shoot yeah. ninety plus touchdowns between him and Brady in his career. Gronk can be so dangerous. He didn't play the full game against New Orleans on Halloween. Remember, he was dealing with an injury. He tried to play through it, and he couldn't and he left the game early because of back spasms. If he's able to play the entire game, definitely look out for him in third down situations and in the red zone. Those are the guys I'm looking at for the Saints in this matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Andrew, before we let you go, any predictions, final score predictions, and uh, the Saints steal one on the road. Uh, I really, really hope so, but I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. I'm probably going to go 24-17. I do think the Saints cover, but I think they fall short. I, I do think they play it close, but I think at the end of the day, the offense is going to have to make a big play. They're going to have to make a, to really to have a clutch drive down the field, and I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done right now. Again, I, I do think the Saints have a good formula. I just don't think it's going to be enough. They say great teams cover. I'm with you. I think the Saints <laughs> cover in in this matchup but I'm with you as well I don't think the Saints are going to have enough firepower offensively to come out with the victory I think the defense certainly holds them uh and keeps them in the ball game however 
I don't think that they're going to be able to hold on long enough because I don't think the Saints are going to be able to generate that much offensively because they're going to have to rely on Taysom Hill's arm. And not that I don't believe in it, but especially with the split on, I just don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, the Buccaneers, in my prediction, will come away with the victory by the score of 28-21. to 21. Uh, No field goals in this game because why not? Uh, kickers have been a, a thorn in the side of these things. It's the last thing they need is it, to come down to a kick or something like that. Tough but nonetheless, <laughs> that's Andrew Galato. We thank you so much for coming and joining us on the Houdat Discussion podcast. Where can everyone follow you on the World Wide Web? Oh, Brendan, thanks for having me. Always a blast. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Andrew Galata, just my name. And that's where you could follow all of my work, whether it be in the NFL, college stuff. Uh, all of that fun stuff and it's just uh, always fun to talk saints always fun to get a chance and look this team i think has a chance you know and they, and they do to make the playoffs and if this team gets in the playoffs i mean credit to sean payton if he can get it done because i mean this team riddled with injuries post drew Brees era and if they could still somehow get their way in the playoffs i mean look we'll have to see but it should be a fun road down the stretch if new orleans is able to get in the playoffs definitely look for sean payton in the coach of the year. He probably won't win it, but I think he's certainly deserving of some votes and some credit because I don't think there's a lot of teams that would even be in a position to fight for a playoff spot if the things that have happened to the Saints this year had happened to them. For myself, you can follow me over on Twitter and Instagram at BT Boylan. That's where you'll find all of my work, whether it's New Orleans Saints, whether it's film, uh, whether it's the multitude of things that I'm involved in. I know Andrew's got a lot of great things going on as well. Uh, currently covering the New York Giants uh, with their digital team. Uh, So we thank you for taking some time to talk about your uh, New Orleans Saints. Come back on to your podcast. I know you're excited to potentially get back on full time here, uh, but we'll have to wait a little bit. So until then, I've been your host, Brendan Boylan. As always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you on the next time, uh, the Who Dat Discussion Podcast.